But what I wish currently for this ecosystem is I hope we will see more unique ideas like art blogs, like terraforms, you know, mm -hmm. like the CryptoPunks. I would love to see a different approach to those like blockchain native words. It can be different mechanisms. Hello, everyone. Today I'm here with Han, who is a generative artist and blockchain artist. I'm very excited to learn more about his journey. He has done plenty of projects, has been in the space for a while. Hello, Han. How Hi. are you? Hey, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm good. I just recently bought a new mic, so for this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, you sound, you sound. I think you might sound better than me, Han, to be to be honest, but that's good. <laughs> so where are you based, Han? Where are you where are you in the world? Um I'm based in Istanbul right now. Uh I've been uh yeah, I, I've studied in Istanbul actually. So I've been living in Istanbul for a while. And but hopefully in the uh ending of two thousand twenty four I will be moving to the United States. Awesome. And, and are you originally from Turkey or, or some, yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, originally from Turkey. That's great. That's great. I, I have a few friends from Turkey um, and there are there are plenty of uh, generative artists. I think that this collective, it's a, a duo that I'm, I'm familiar with. They are they are doing a lot of art and amazing art. And also Rafik, right? Rafik Anadol is a very known name these days. Yeah. He's also from, I don't know if from Istanbul, but I know he's from Turkey. Um, yeah, so like Turkish creators are like re really successful in my opinion. Like you know, we have Refik, we have Muratak, and we have the uh, like the other important names. So they're like, they're like really curious and smart people. Yeah. In Turkey. And, and why do you think that is? Is there a, a reason, or or why is that there are so many artists in this space from coming from Turkey? Um. I also thought about this, but I think I don't have a clear answer. But one of the reasons may be, uh, you know, creating, like being a digital creator uh, requires like that exploration and that curiosity. Uh, you know, you, no one talks you about uh, how to gather the things together or first. Like, of course, you can learn how to use the software, but it requires like personal uh, time to learn and create your own style. So well, as far as I know, the people like in my age are curious around you and they just they're they're mostly self taught actually. So and being a self actually I'm also self taught mm -hmm. too. So um yeah it requires curiosity and I guess there are lots of curious people. Yeah. I mean it's quite interesting. Um also I, I think um Othi, not not sure if you if you know him, he's uh, part of the FXH team, uh, he was doing PR. He's also from Turkey, oh. and he's he's not really an artist, right? He's more on the on the PR side, and and but he works a lot with artists. And, and I, I think I saw a tweet from him mentioning a couple of names. That's how I I, I saw like there are plenty of Turkish artists. Um, yeah, and that's it's great to have you here. I I he was uh, looking at at your works and. You know, you have done a lot of things for a while, but, but I, I'm curious on, on your background before. You mentioned you studied uh, in, in Istanbul, 
Can you tell us a bit about your, your background, your studies, uh, professional yeah. life, if you want? Um, so I studied bachelor's architecture, mm -hmm. and I've been mostly in that area, actually. When I was a student, I was attending the exhibitions, applying for some kind of design competitions, which uh, I attended uh, the Venice Architecture Biennale uh, back then. And there was a travel grant which allowed me to travel Europe with backpacking. And mm. yeah, it was mostly architecture, but um, while studying architecture, I always I was always curious about like the meaning of it. Like uh, it is about like organizing the things. It is not about designing one single building, but it uh, it ho it has lots of uh, points that you should be careful about, and you should be designing all of the points how to how to make them stand uh, together in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And so my as an artist, actually, my professional career is. Is not that long. Uh, it all started in 2019 and mm -hmm. 2020, actually, with my first project, CryptoCubes. Mm -hmm. um, I was really interested in the blockchain technology, actually. So before I, I knew about NFTs, I was just reading sometimes about blockchain, looking at the things. But when I learned about the NFTs, actually, uh, it was one year before. Uh, I started to work on it. Uh, I thought it is, is a quite amazing uh, tool to use. Mm -hmm. So I immediately started to create my project, my first one, CryptoCubes, and everything started with uh, like NFTs, actually, like non using non fungible tokens. And, and what what year was this? Uh, can you can you repeat that? Twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? It was. I learned about NFTs in two thousand eighteen. I started to create CryptoCubes in 2019, and I released it in 2020. Okay, yeah, that was quite early in terms of um, the digital art space wasn't that mature, right? Those days, so yeah. you could say you were quite early to the movement, right? How did you find NFTs or, or blockchain? Um, I was trying to sell some digital assets, like in etsy in some places you know like simple background simple illustration works and i found that it was really hard to sell you know their taking commissions you need to do like connect your bank account everything and it was quite weird to me to like not being able to sell the something that i designed i i, I spent lots of time just to figure it out so when i was looking for it like googling reading and i found about the nfts and i thought okay and this is it <laughs> hmm. yeah it's kind of the perfect fit and were, were you trying to sell art or you said assets um, yeah like... my illustrations and yeah mostly art and some other digital assets that i was designing and doing hmm. and, and how was the how did that go early on were you able to sell quickly or, or not so much uh, uh, you you mean uh, like uh, not the NFTs but like the Etsy parts? No, I mean like when you start. So did you release anything early on, like experimenting, or was Crypto Cubes like um, the first? It was Crypto Cubes. Okay, it so it went quite Cubes. well. So yeah. it went quite well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Right. So, so can you tell us a bit about uh, Crypto Cubes? Because um, yeah. it's a quite popular project that has been around for a couple of years and it's uh, an amazing lineup of collaborators, right? So can you tell us a bit about that project? Um, Crypto Cubes started uh, in my graduation project. In my graduation project, I was interested to create a generative spaces based on cubes. So initial script was uh, created in my, in my last year of the university. And as I told you, when I started to create that CryptoCubes collection, I, I just wanted to make it like a fixed number, everything. And basically the idea was creating a two, 3D uh, collection because there was Metaverse, everyone was uh, talking about like the virtual lens. And what I experienced back then, every non-functional token was a 2D representation. So I thought uh, if, I, if I can create an algorithmic way of creating those objects, it's based on simple geometry, which is cube. And I started to do it. Mm -hmm. And the, the quantity of the crypto cubes is 256. So it is basically a generative collection. Mm -hmm. uh, a 3D collection which I created in October 2020. What technology did you use for that? So CryptoCubes has a unique story on that because uh, it was two, three months before Artblocks. Mm -hmm. and, but in Artblocks, Eric was working on for like at least, I don't know, maybe three, three years. And the technical technicality of Artbox is much more sophisticated. Since it was just my beginning of my journey, what I did was creating those generative artworks in Python. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, rendered each of them individually and created my own NFT collection. So technically, it wasn't uh, generative with the mm -hmm. blockchain. It okay. was pre-generated pre mm -hmm. and personally curated uh, 256 uh, quantity. But with time, like every year, uh, I improved my profession. I started to learn. And like just last year, I made CryptoCubes on-chain. I like, okay. added all of the data of the CryptoCubes uh, to a storage contract. Okay. Um, yeah, it is still continuing actually. So I'm going to explain my uh, next kind of project I'm working on. So CryptoCubes is like uh, I, I think it is still not finished project where I am collaborating with other artists, which is the mm -hmm. CryptoCubes creators. I'm going to explain yeah. it as well. Um, so yeah, CryptoCubes was just first like a non fungible token collection based on 3D virtual lens. And every year it improved and it's still improving. And yeah, basically. How does it, when you say, so I'm curious about a couple of things. So first is how were, how was the, like the original release um, like, right? Because you curated yeah. the cubes and how did you share those or how did you yeah. release those at the time? Um, at that time I was using Rarible, uh, okay. which allowed you to create custom contracts. And there was unlockable con uh, content that you can put the 3D files. Mm. Um, I used Rarible at first, and I was releasing them like 50 by 50, 50, 50, and like, uh, and then the last ones. And the pricing was around 0, 0 0.15 ETH, which is like $30 at first. Uh, yeah. And 
I, I also want to say, you know, before we talk about like other projects, you know, I'm one of the lucky people uh, which uh, NFTs, non-fungible tokens and the crypto have changed my life. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, after I graduated from university, I, by the way, in my last year, I was, I didn't have a home. I was staying in the friend's house, staying in the university. After I graduated, I had to go back to my hometown, which is in the northeast of Turkey. And I stayed there for two years. There was a pandemic, as you know. Mm-hmm. The, that was the place, actually, uh, I found out about the NFTs. Okay. Um, it was like nonstop working for two years. And like after I created the crypto cubes, like even twenty, thirty dollars were like a huge thing for me. I was just running in the house, keep working and yeah, and then it started everything and it made made it my profession. Yeah, no, that's quite exciting because you were a, a student and, and you were from, from a, a town, a city in, in Turkey, but thanks to the, the blockchain and decentralization you you were able to reach right a lot of people worldwide and it helped you i guess as a student right to finish your project but at the same time immediately you got a kind of a career started right in the in this new space which is related to art and technology so so that's uh, quite exciting and so my my next question still on crypto cubes because i think it's a fantastic project so the the first one you mentioned creators uh Uh, and that's I, I'm I'm wondering how that works because you have some I mean there are some incredible names that have participated right I've seen Snowfrow, uh, Pack, and I think oh, no, also no, no. It's Sketch. Pack, uh, the Pack is Pack is uh, not not yet. Hopefully in the future I, I would love okay. to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but it's Sketch, um, Snowfrow, uh, DK, Alexis Andre also has been part of it. Of it, Zach Lieberman and Rafik, right? Rafik and Anadol. Um, yeah. So how, how did that happen? How how yeah. and how can one collaborate? How can one create a crypto cube? So uh, as we know, the crypto cubes is a collection of generated 3D prompts. The quantity is 256. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of crypto cubes creators started with uh, with an artist was just basically created some kind of art piece by using cryptocurrencies. It was Roger Clemenger and too much lag. And then the idea sparked from there. What if each uh, like non-fungible token native uh, artist used one single cryptocurrency and create their artworks? So the whole idea sparked from there. And in our uh, first draft, we were eight artists. It was included uh, Elotamani and Rafi Canado and like Fog Render, uh, Roger Clemenger, Philip Odas, uh, I think I'm missing Nicola, and Art4G. So it was already like a good list of artists for mm. the first uh, event of that project. So how it happens, they basically pick a crypto cube number, which they like, which they find unique mm-hmm. in their style. And by using that 3D uh, object, Uh, with their medium, with their tool, with their style, they are creating their artworks, and then in a with with a group of artists, we are auctioning those pieces. So currently, we are over 110 artists. Uh, it started in 2021, and it will continue until we will be 
256 artists. So it will be pairing with each crypto user. Okay, okay. And how many are right now? How many? Uh... Over, um, over 110 right now. 112? Yeah. Okay, so almost half. So still plenty of cubes to go. And how was it like to... to um, you, you mentioned the first release was already, you know, with a pretty established artist. And, and I'm, I'm wondering how how were you able to connect with them? Are, were you like um, in, in, in different communities um, and they were part of those communities? How, how did you connect with these artists? Basically, every time a new artist joined the scene, uh, we everyone was welcoming. We were talking, we were supporting each other, we were inviting each other to some projects so after that uh, i had one-on-one connections with lots of artists i uh, i have connection with them like one-on-one i just send them a message we met we talked and sometimes uh i we we glided each other in that mm -hmm. ecosystem so okay. um it happened naturally like with time if yeah. you would try to do this right now yeah. which um it is possible but I think it would be much more difficult because everyone has their like more busy schedules and yeah. everyone has their own like plans and projects right now. But back then it was still, everyone was in the exploration phase. Like, what is it? What we can do with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Early on, things were easier to connect, right? And, and artists were exploring and even platforms, marketplaces were, were starting. So it was good to share to learn together and yeah. that was before our blocks right you mentioned it was i know the... so the crypto cubes start, uh, release date is before our blocks mm -hmm. uh, but i the... i know that eric was working on it for like for years which mm -hmm. is technically like much more sophisticated than crypto yep. cubes. the crypto cubes was just a pre-generated pre collection we focused right. on 3d yeah, no, that's exciting, exciting project, and I'll pay attention. I didn't know that it wasn't finished, so that's quite exciting. How, how can people uh, follow the the updates and the upcoming releases for Crypto Cubes? Um, so, I, I just want to be clear: uh, the, there's currently two collections: one Crypto Cubes, one Crypto Cubes Creators Artwork Collection. Mm -hmm. So, the Crypto Cubes Collection is complete, yeah. like fixed two hundred and sixty. Only mm -hmm. there, there will be like technical contract side developments just for the basic better user experience. But the CryptoCubes creators will follow until we reach 256. There is no specific timeline. Each time we have the list on our study from the artists, we are doing our events. Mm -hmm. And for the people who wants to uh, look for CryptoCubes, there's a website, CryptoCubes.io. And okay. uh, from my own personal account uh, on Twitter, on RGB and also Crypto Cubes uh, Twitter account. Yep, yep. No, that's that's perfect. And so that was your first release. Then you 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 are still working on the on the improvements and on the on the collaborations with other artists. But you also have done uh, other projects. And and on our blogs, you released a couple of collections, right? So yeah. I think they are also inspired by this concept of geometry right and sim simple yeah. forms um can you tell us a bit about those um generative collections uh, you yeah. release with our blogs yeah so there was two projects one of them was algorithms 
and which was on Artlogs curated. And there was AlgoBeats, which was on Artlogs Playground. We created that project with Nicola. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we both uh, were working on them. Basically, the whole idea is, you know, we have the numbers and we have like powers of 2, 4, 8, 16. The music also works the same, actually. So that like you can, uh, it is basically math. Mm-hmm. And in algorithms, we were focused on musical scales. So mm-hmm. let's say we have like a major scale. We have Hungarian minor scale. They all have their own mathematical uh, rules, which you can do it in uh, with code as well. So in algorithms, basically we have a form and we are dividing it by two each time. Okay. And we are adding that like tempo and we are adding this like uh, the duration of the notes. So like if the blocks are bigger, it is much more longer duration. If it is smaller, it is much more shorter duration. And then we are putting the rule of that musical scale. And we add the octave, the sound octave of the notes. Mm-hmm. And it was creating a new melodies based on different musical scales in algorithms. Okay. And in AlgoBeats, it was the follow-up project. It was focused on musical rhythms. Again, like it is, it is all about like dividing the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in AlgoBeats, we were focused on those like rhythmic uh, explorations, like how, what if we uh, basically we have one second, right? We divide it by four in one beat, and but with other instruments, we divide it by three, and then they sound uh, like it is basically an exploration of di- different rhythmic sounds. Okay, and we use some popular rhythms as well. We we basically put all of the rules about like how a can a rhythm happens, and like that, the music is like the exploration never ends. So, mm. but making it like those melodies and rhythms generated uh, was really fun experience, and it taught us a lot. We learned like lots of technical things. We learned about music. Uh, yeah, it was a really fun experience working with Nicola on this. And and where did the the idea or the inspiration to explore music, where did that um, come from? Uh, I'm always interested in music. Uh, I'm not doing it professionally, but uh, I'm playing piano and trumpet. And basically, the whole idea was uh, Nicholas was really interested in learning the music as well. So mm-hmm. we just gathered our experience and knowledge together by researching, by doing it. Uh, yeah, it appeared that like, we, I think we did a great job in both of those projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those were also kind of irony, right? On our blocks, when you look at our blocks history, they were, in, when, when were those released? Was that 2021 or 2022? Um, Algorithms was 2021, AlgoBeats was 22. Okay, okay. And I mean, I also want to chat a bit about um, your project Light Light on Chain, but before that, what do you think, I mean, you have been in the space for for a long time, you saw the evolution of art on the blockchain, and you were part of our blocks, um, one of the early collections. So in general, 
what what has changed in your opinion when you think about the landscape or the possibilities um the space in general right what's the biggest change from 2020 2021 to now from from an artist perspective what's like the biggest the biggest yeah. change um it is much more mature right now we have lots of world class creators world class people uh, around here so uh it definitely changed mm -hmm. uh but what i wish currently for this ecosystem is i hope we will see more unique ideas like art blogs like terraforms you know mm -hmm. like the crypto punks i would love to see a different approach to those like blockchain native works mm. okay so more using like blockchain as the medium and exploring yeah different mechanisms right that, uh, or yeah, yeah it, it can be different mechanisms and but i'm i'm not talking uh in terms of it doesn't have to be the 100 percent blockchain name but it mm -hmm. should somehow use it in a creative way yeah yeah what, what do you think about i mean it's it's not not when we're thinking about ways to use the blockchain so what are your thoughts on the digitals, right? Like um, digital items that are connected to physical items. Yeah. And have you thought about doing something something like that for your art or, or purely digital? Uh, you you were saying my other project, Light One Chain. So this is uh -huh. what we were this is what we were exploring uh, in that installation actually. Okay. The, we did this that Light One Chain project is four oh four zero. There they are duo Alex and Christina. So the whole idea was uh, there's a physical installation based on 660 lights. Each of them are connected to a, like, a road and they're in the outside installation, physical installation. And each of the lights has their own corresponding NFTs. Okay. And by owning the NFT or your uh, light, you can send the transaction to the blockchain and change some parameters, brightness, amplitude, and frequency. All your life, and when you send it to the blockchain, the installation has uh, the connected to the computer it takes the data from blockchain and it represents mm. the physical installation. So for the digital, I, I'm so physical and digital works like it is interesting area to explore, but mm -hmm. it is not defined, right? Mm -hmm. I think we will see much more creative ways about how we can connect those things together. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but yeah, in the light on chain, the way, the idea was this, and how we can try to connect the physical and digital world, and yeah, it was the exploration of this concept. And and where was this installed? Was it in uh, Turkey or, or? It's in Turkey. Uh, there's a region called Kaplankaya. It's in the southwest part of Turkey. Um, yeah, and, and was it um, like a public place, a public area, or? Um, yeah, you can see it from outside, but uh, but to visit there, I think it, it was a private area actually. Okay, and how was that experience of you know working <laughs> on something in the physical world, connecting it to the blockchain? What what was like your experience like? Um, it was to me very fun and like I had again lots of experiences like, mm -hmm. as I told you like in my every project I'm learning something new and iterating and 
about how Light on Chain happened was, you know, I was in a holiday. There was an hotel there. And one day we, uh, I was just sitting with the owners and like the people who were working there. And they said, the, the, the artwork from the previous year is going to be removed. So I was just suddenly, okay, um, maybe I can try something here. <laughs> and they were like interested and I but I, I took a risk actually so I personally funded that physical yeah. installation I, I called immediately though Alex and Christina and I, I said like there's a place that we can do an installation and we immediately started and all of the idea of connecting the like non-fungible tokens with the physical installation appeared along the way and it is it is very different like the constructing something physical and creating something digital are very yeah. different it is same in terms of like the process but the the things that you are experiencing and how you handle those those are really different yeah yeah no i can imagine and would you say you found it i mean i'm thinking that um could be a way for other artists to explore the physical world um I, i'm wondering where there so the NFTs were sold online or, or there was um, no sale? How, how did that work? So what happened was, so, so it was quite pricey to yeah. install that kind of installation. Yeah. So at first we decided to give a price for each of the lights, but then realized like the sale, it, it wasn't selling actually at first. So what we thought is like we built this installation for people to use it. Right, and then we change all of the structure. We gave them all of uh, for mm. free. Okay. 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 Got it. Yes. I mean, it's 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 tricky, right? Because if you have a physical a physical installation, ideally, you if you want to sell, I mean, one option, of course, is to do it as a collaboration with an institution, right? Yeah. Just to, that that's the I guess the 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 most common common path, right? To to do an installation in an institution. But if you were doing it, um, as you said, like funding it yourself. So if an artist wants to do that, he could try to sell it ideally there, right? Like for the people that visit the installation somehow that they can yeah. purchase the NFT. But it's hard because not so many people are familiar yet, right, with NFT. So probably yeah. you will get a lot of visitors depending where you do it, but they might not be ready to purchase it even if they want, right? It's yeah. tricky to sell. It was um, yeah, but I can see I can see maybe that happening more in the future, right? When uh, people are more used to buying and collecting digital assets, yeah. and then something like that could be more feasible from an economic perspective, right? For artists and and other 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 institutions. That's great, Han. I think you have done quite uh, an array of innovative projects, right? So it's it feels like you. Um, are exploring, collaborating a lot, um, and I'm wondering what's what's in your head uh, these days because you have done so many, I mean, uh, multiple projects, but very very unique. And as you have seen the space maturing, what what's your your mindset right now? Are, are there any projects you're working on? Anything in particular you're interested in? You you said you are moving to US. Um, is that related to your art? So what's what's yeah. next for you? So, the way I see myself is my my professional career is really early. You know, like if you look at you're you're really, very young. Yes, if you look at really successful uh, people, like they have experience of twenty years 
like they know what to do. So and you can also see from my projects, like in each project I'm learning something new. Like there's always something missing and I'm learning from the previous project and iterating. So I still consider myself as like evolving artist. Mm. Um there's so much to things to learn. This is why actually the United States is for my master's degree. I applied for my master's degrees and just waiting for a response. And hopefully, uh, there, mm -hmm. so there's no response yet. Um, what are you? Yeah. What are you trying? To, what do you want to study for your master's? Uh, media arts. Media, media arts. arts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Related to my profession. Um, so, I've been working on like a new project recently. Uh, so I'm mostly focused on that on on this for a while mm -hmm. uh, yeah basically this time i realized uh, we since this is technology was like decentralized it, it should be a peer-to-peer -peer permissionless right it doesn't require it shouldn't require a third party i thought i should create my own infrastructure as an artist everything that i do like i am creating my own canvas actually i don't mm -hmm. use any I don't use any platforms. I don't use any marketplaces. Mm -hmm. Everything happens in my own way of doing things. Uh, the, the 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 thing that I create. Okay, it's, so that's what you're working on, trying to to create your whole setup. Um, yeah. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. And when you say all that you create, are, is it, for example, only like art releases or it could be also your code your codes your templates this kind of material everything. that you create everything. actually everything so i created uh I, I i create my own team so there are people uh who i'm uh, working with mm -hmm. and basically currently i have my own launch pad like similar to creating a digital asset mm -hmm. uh it is a new standard actually uh, it is not actual non-fungible token. It is a new uh, standard that uh, that I created for my own. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it includes everything like that launchpad, that uh, API, the art pieces, and uh, the website. So everything is like I feel one hundred percent I own them. You know, I, mm -hmm. I don't use any platform or marketplace. Yeah, that's very powerful. And how is that different? Because I think you have a big plan there, and you have thought this through. And you said you have a team. So um, so when uh, somebody could, could say you can create, so why, why, why is that different from creating a smart contract or using a tool like Manifold, right, that gives you more power yeah. into how you release? What's the difference be yeah. between what you're doing and, that, and those options? Yeah. Basically, I created my own Manifold. Mm -hmm. uh, so Manifold offers those non-fungible token standard uh, templates, right? Yes. You, yes. You're creating an ERC721, you're creating 1155, and those standards are the most generally used standards. But personally, uh, I was interested in like approaching that the meaning of on digital asset. Basically, we are telling them tokens, right? Okay. Uh, like each digital assets are tokens in the ERC standard. In the way I'm approaching it is like I can, we can t say it each art piece or digital asset can be a self-executing program, which uh, we know as smart contracts, mm -hmm. right? So inside of the smart contract, this time you can uh, add new features because basically 
in typical non-fungible tokens, ERC standards, they are just a basically a token, and there's the, their uh, URI, which is on-chain, off-chain, uh, it, it differs. So they don't have some kind of built-in functions, let's mm -hmm. say. While yeah. So the, the, this has like three different points. So, so the first aspect of this, uh, the, the marketplace idea, uh, you need to use a marketplace smart contract to be able to sell, buy, yeah. or bid on those digital assets, which is OpenSea, like Rarible, like there are yeah. different various. Uh, this is why in, my, in the, the digital asset I'm creating, it has its own internal functions that allows you to buy, sell, and bid. So the digital asset is a self-executing program, including the art piece itself, the, all of the market functions, like ownership, and also the royalty parts. Mm -hmm. um, the whole idea was inspired from the CryptoPunks and also the art blocks as well. So I took that creating, like how to embed and create a generative art idea mm -hmm. from art blocks, and for the marketplace idea from the crypto box. Yeah. And so basically when I create a, a new art piece, uh, I am mostly focused on one-on-one -on -one art pieces, mm -hmm. not a generic collection. I am carefully crafting each code to output only one visual. It is not repeat, repeated. Uh, okay. it, it doesn't have lots of uh, outputs. I'm basically creating a line of code just to create one art piece. Okay. And adding inside to the smart contract, and which is also on chain, and then when I deploy in the blockchain, uh, basically people are connecting to the art piece itself uh, mm. to buy and sell it. So it is on chain, and the way technically may maybe it will be a bit more detailed, but it happens every in one single transaction, like everything, like those functions, the art piece. Royalty percentage, everything are happens in the smart contract source code, which is okay. has around twenty four kilobyte uh, data limit. Okay. Uh, so the, my art pieces are highly optimized. The algorithm is focused on high quality three D visuals. Okay. Uh, using JLSL, the art piece, everything. So when I in one single transaction it becomes immutable, you can take the uh, the art piece itself is on chain and you can buy or sell by connecting to it. So yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, it is independent. Yeah, no, I think, so I was navigating your website and I, I did see that you had the one-on-ones and I did see that you have, it's, it looked like a um, bidding, bidding mechanism, but I, I didn't get the, the fact that you build the whole thing and it's a whole framework. So that's, that's quite interesting. And how does it, operates with other marketplaces if uh, i buy yeah. one of your pieces can somebody if i can i list it on marketplaces to get more visibility or they have to go through your system directly how, how does that so, work there's currently no system for it like, they, like those marketplaces are showing those erc tokens that so they won't be able to show my mm. art pieces okay. and um but you don't need actually anywhere. So you can just go Etherscan. You can yeah. connect your wallet, buy or bid on it. So, yeah. so this is the whole idea. Each okay. art piece has their own contract address. Mm -hmm. And the way I'm doing it, I'm showing all of the market data, everything in my website. Mm -hmm. And people can, it is much more user-friendly for people to use. 
but the whole idea is by connecting to the smart contract actually. So if you don't want to use my website, you can go to the Ether scan or yeah. connect her to the blockchain, do it by yourself. Yeah. No, that's very powerful and I think that brings another perspective or kind of context to your art, right? It's not it's not only the the final aesthetic, right? It's the whole the whole vision around it, right? That you are uh, really pushing the boundaries there. And would you say that there are actionable, like a, a smart contract, this, I mean, that you can actually run um, things on the, on, the, on this framework. Um, so an artwork has some capabilities or, or functions that trigger for yeah. different reasons. Yeah, you can do. Yeah. Mm. This is what I'm actually working on lately just exploring what can i do hmm. and yeah yeah because uh, this is interesting right like something can happen in the future if something i don't know if something happens on the blockchain you can trigger um something that changes the artwork yeah. or um there could be i guess like not sure if you like that kind of stuff but you can have like surprises right like you can i'm thinking of airdrops and things like this that keep the, the collectors engage um or it could just change the aesthetics of your work so there are plenty of possibilities and yeah you get a lot of power right as an artist to experiment um so two questions about this this framework you're building are you planning on is this open source or are you planning to let other people use your system or is it only for yourself um so currently uh, it is uh, for me but the plan is open source can think like in my each art new art piece i'm realizing something needs to be updated something needs to be documented just to explain how people mm. should use so i'm also working on that side to open the documentation for other artists because uh like the whole idea is quite interesting to me i don't know uh you don't need any marketplace which yeah. and you can embed a royalty percentage since all of the functions happens inside your smart contract yeah. I'm not saying like it is 100% like enforces the royalties, but it's a it's a different approach that we are we creators should try. Yeah, and those marketplace ideas hasn't changed for centuries, right? Like we have the marketplace buyer and seller comes together yeah. thereby, but we are going through a, like a transformation. So um, I think in, in some like in some future, each digital asset will have their own. Market functions basically you will connect to the digital asset, not the marketplace. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the aim is open sourcing it just for the people to use documentate, and also we are working on the API just to index the data because those ERC seven two one standards are happened after CryptoPunks. They, they inspired it. They the standard was needed for taking the buyer seller data the pricing and like the image data so then there will be uh a, like a development phase for my own standard as well yeah oh that's quite exciting and so yeah uh interesting interesting it's a very very ambitious project but i like that you are focusing on your art right so you are using it as a way to develop your your yeah. whole platform for yourself, right, as an artist. Um, yeah, I think many artists will will like to use something like this, like gain full control. Uh, that's that's exciting. Um, so Han, thanks so much for, for 
explaining all these, uh, I mean, your work, your, your artwork, what's in your mind. Um, I usually like to ask uh, guests to name three artists that they are inspired by and why. <laughs> First, uh, firstly, Eric, Eric Calderon, the mm -hmm. art box. Uh, from his, like, the way of approaching the things, uh, like keeping it humble and always iterating. Um, inspired from Laravel apps, of course, and you know, my old projects like everything inspired from them, like they started the new movement. And I would say Pac as well, uh, that who was really supportive in the beginning of my journey. Hmm. Uh, I, I was feeling lost as a like newly fresh grad graduated student, I was feeling lost, and he was really supportive in, in that sense. Yeah, these are the three uh, yeah. names I would say. That's uh, amazing names, um, very, very talented artists. And I think you, you have, I mean, your art is really influenced, right, by those names in a way or another. Um, could be in the technology side, but also the conceptual part. Everything is together, actually. Yeah. Like, uh, yes, you're creating a thing, like there's a technical aspect, but there's also a humanistic aspect as well. There's also a conceptual part. So um, everything is still connected in the way, the, the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, thanks so much, Han. It was a thank exciting you. conversation, and thank you for um, I'm I'm looking forward to 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 trying out this uh, framework you have. I will explore it a bit more in your website, and also um, seeing how it evolves. And best of luck with your masters and and your move thank your you. move to US. <laughs> thank you, and uh, thank you for having me again. And I, I also listened to your other podcast, and it is really great. And I wish you good success. Tim. Thank you. Thank you. And, and by the way, thanks to Sofia, Sofia Garcia for uh -huh. putting us in touch. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Sofia. <laughs> um, yeah. So for before we close, I think mm -hmm. uh, I should mention that this new infrastructure, the new art pieces of mine, is uh, in collaboration with Artexco. Ooh, okay. Sophia and Tony. So we are uh, collaborating in the long term. Okay. Uh, they've been really supportive in that sense by doing the lounge, uh, trying to connect with people, trying to explain it. And also there's Dima, William, Arcelia, uh, which while I, which are my really, really, really good team of developers that who's been just uh, focusing on this uh, project. And yeah, and thank you for having me. Again. Thank you, Han. A pleasure. Have a great day. You too.